welcome to another episode of the Civ Show podcast. I'm your host, Moisas. Raising Zozo. And we suck. So you don't have to. Something's something's wrong, Moy. I, 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 I feel empty, a little empty. I feel like a little less of a, of a person right now. What's going on? What is it? I, I some something someone something's missing. I don't. I, is it? You shaved your head, didn't you? You cut your I, hair. It, it's not. I did. We have a bird on the show, like in a cage. Oh, no, that's Zam's. That's Zam's bird. No, no yeah. that was a long Wait, time no, ago. No. no. Hmm. hmm. Well, I'm sure it'll come to us. The the thing yeah. that's missing. Dang, it must uh, I? I can't think of it. Something's different, though. Something, definitely, something's different. Hopefully, uh, we'll figure that out. If you weren't here last Sunday, you missed a fantastic show with Van Bradley as our special guest, one of the hosts of the Civ Give. Um, it was an all random affair. Everybody picked random. It was all random maps, all random resources. Nobody knew what was gonna go down, but there was a victor in the end. Who was it, though? Can you remind? Can you remind I, us? I was, was just it? gonna say that up, up was down, down was up. Oh. Cats and dogs living together. Uh, as far as who won, that's a very subjective term. Is it one? No, it's pretty um, measured. You know, it, it depends. Like, are you looking at it from like who won the best looking host? Uh, who was you know most charming? <laughs> uh was it uh best zingers you know that's best, true i think best I think we can all solo musical who, who won that one right it was it, it was it definitely was, van bradley it was van bradley van oh, bradley 100 now i remember i remember near the end you were all like hey uh van bradley you're all you're not all that in a bag of potato chips and i'm like what what the heck what Boomer? what are you talking about uh whoa, is what i said whoa, to you whoa. and uh and then and then we were like Okay, Moy. All right, fine. Who do you think won the game? And then you were like, obviously it was me. And then you told him to shut up. And I was just like, Whoa, wow. Some serious wow. accusations here, sir. I would terrible. never defame a guest like that. How you did it with you? your eyes, man. You, you did, did it. You did it with your eyes. Dang. Yeah. His eyes tell all, don't they? They do. They do. So Van Bradley officially won. But if we had to say unofficially, who won? <laughs> I guess technically, if you go by like score or whatever, yeah, I guess it would have been like that won the game, and well, it, and it yeah, doesn't boy, need repeating. Guy, yeah. Doesn't doesn't need repeating. <laughs> no, Van Bradley definitely won the fan favorite. He we put a, a a poll in the chat that night, and everybody spent all of their channel points to vote for van bradley he was a fan favorite for sure so congratulations van bradley on your win but let's talk about what happened in the game you know i played the mally you played uh eleanor which is really really funny that we had van bradley in the show that night he hates eleanor i don't know if you know this though but van bradley has a mug like he designed a mug that says say no to eleanor and it has eleanor with like a do not sign crossing through both of the characters. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have heard uh, the, the the legend of his hatred of uh, Van uh, uh, Van Bradley's hatred of Eleanor, and it was like there is even the bet in the chat, right? Right. Yeah. He the, somebody bet that Eleanor would be in the game, and he's like, "No way, there's not." And Eleanor was in the game, Eleanor, so Van Bradley gifted us a subscription. A man of his word, you know, uh, more than I can say about my opponent Moy in that game, but. 
Um, so yeah, that was wow. <laughs> okay. Rude. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, you 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 did uh, you did well. I I enjoyed the French. I I, I don't think I built as many wonders. Uh, I I held my own though. You know, I held my own. And yeah, um, I'd say so. You know, you, you got really ballsy with your faith, and you basically <laughs> you know brought it. And and I wasn't having. I I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even diplomatic about it. I wasn't even diplomatic about it. I declared war. At that point of the game, I was too powerful, I think. It wouldn't, yeah. like, I knew what I was doing. Like, I'm like, go ahead. I don't care, right? I can make units whenever I can defend against you. There's not enough time for you to come all, you were pretty far away from me. There's not mm-hmm. enough time for you to come all the way to my land, take over my cities and make me lose enough score or enough points yeah that map was that map was tricky i felt we were all really far apart from each other like i didn't i didn't feel that any of us was running i don't know if we ended up because we did was it shuffle or what did we do it was it was shuffle yeah yeah Yeah. so the 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 continent was kind of snake it was snaky and like we were connected technically we were connected but it was just we were all so far away and um, but what I do love is that when I called on the rest of of our civ hosts to declare war, they answered the call, and mm-hmm. you know we all declared war. Um, unfortunately, all you needed to do was turtle, and that's what you did. You you know you didn't you didn't really present. Uh, but you know what? That was probably one of the first games in a while that I, that I could have I could have said if we had gone another week, you know that could have been worthy of it. I don't think it was. It, your your victory your okay. your your victory okay. was not guaranteed by any really? means. It was not guaranteed. Okay. I know okay. you're going for the religious victory, um, but not necessarily. Well, but okay, we'll okay. Get, we'll, we'll get there. Your we'll your there. score because you were only like a hundred points ahead. I think I was for the, for the points fun ahead. Part. I was eh, really... maybe maybe <laughs> maybe. But we got to you know we got to end we got to end the game and we started pretty late I think too right. But we also ended late and we ended late. So yeah. uh, it's it's fair to say that we all won because we got to play with Van Bradley. And yes. uh, I think yes. I made him uh, I think I made him laugh. Uh, if he had milk in his mouth, he would have spit it out through his nose uh, at one point. <laughs> um, just a just a really top notch, uh, humorous fellow. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, so far our, our civ gives, they're givers, you know, Dude, they're, our they're, they're givers, they're, fire. they're so great. They're, they're each one. And, you know, we had that spectacular opening poster, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, was really good. Uh, Hey there, uh, Bose, we see you Bose. there. Um, you know, and we got a new emoji out of it. Yeah, we, we got, did. we got a new emoji <laughs> out of, out of it. So, Uh, I I, I think the journey, the journey was more entertaining than the destination. And uh, it was just a really fun, jovial moment. And I think, um, I think just, I'm liking, I'm liking having some awesome guests. I think we're, I think it's something, boy, we're going to maybe, you know, yeah, we're promoting the Civ Give, but I think beyond that, it was, it was just really great having uh, such uh, energy and charisma on the show. And Van Bradley, has it all so you do that that guy's a ball of energy i don't know like if anyone can contain that man he's so like out there this dude was like hyping us up 
so hard. He was calling out everybody who was following us and hosting us, whatever. He was doing the announcements. He's not even like, you know what I mean? He's not even like the main part of the Civ show, but he was just doing us like, he was hosting for us. Like it felt like so like wow like thank you <laughs> you're making my job easy yeah and the, the 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 chat was was great uh there's a lot of good conversation going on i think did zam rate us i think at one zam point did zam, rate us. Zam, zam rated us love zam and, um i love zam peppermint butler peppermint or boast no it was boast wow boast, it was boast, boast. Oh, can't remember <laughs> you can't remember boast Oh boy! Oh boy! No, he had his twelve-hour stream. I remember now. He had and that's why stream. you should have remembered yeah. even more the sacrifice that this man has oh, made. No. Oh Moy. no! And that's Moy. That's why in in really you lost. And it's it's just it's it's <laughs> not you didn't lose the game. It's it's the attitude, Moy. It's all about the attitude. Okay, you I'm gotta, ter- I'm a terrible human being. How you do know, you live with the, how, the why first. Do you, why do you play with me, boy? The first step of solving a problem is admitting you have one, and uh, I think you've. That's good. It's good. It's a good. Uh, you, you're you're coming forward. You're coming. I do forward. have a problem. I have a problem with remembering names. Mm. Um, it's it's legit. I, I'm actually very bad at remembering names. Everyone. I heard this like there's there's a trick. There's a trick. Yeah. What me. is it? And. Uh, the CEO of my company that I work at uh, full time, my full time job, um, he will remember your name no matter what. If okay. he meets you once, he'll remember your name. And it's a trait that I feel like a lot of very successful people have. And there's a lot of tricks that you can do to remember names. This is completely off topic. I understand that. But like this, whatever. Um, the trick to remember someone's name, apparently, like, or part of it, is to once you once you hear the person's name, so like, hello, my name is Moy. You respond immediately with the name. Oh, hello, Moy. Nice to meet you, Moy. How? Like, and then you kind of keep repeating the person's name to them, and then you eventually you you will attach the name to the face if you just keep repeating the name immediately after you hear it. You know, Fun fact. you know, I, I I used to teach that to high school students uh, as a, one of the things is is when you're. Uh, having a conversation, says their name a few times. And it's also a good way to build a rapport because believe it or not, your favorite word in 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 your home language is your name. You love hearing your name. Whether you like your name or not, you love hearing your I've, name. I've heard it. I've you heard respond it, yeah. to your name. So if you hear it a couple times coming from somebody. Um, but, you know, often what it really comes down to is just paying attention. And, you know, if you pay attention, you'll be fine. Uh, and people don't pay attention they zone out and or they you know they just want to they want to do all the talking uh but yeah it, it, that is a, it is a trick uh some people don't need it some people just pay attention and they're like oh hello and they they they, they do it right away they do uh bose says very true anytime i hear bose my ego grows four sizes just boom boom I'm boom sure. he's like yeah, just he's the- like the grinch <laughs> Where his heart grows four times, and it just gets bigger. And what he does as it gets so big is he hides it in his beard. Um, oh, yeah. And he wow. tucks it. He tucks That's it why. down. Yeah, sometimes oh. you'll notice, like, he'll tuck his beard like this, and he'll, he just <laughs> he squeezes it, and and it's all over the floor. It's a big mess. But, um, you know, I think he actually keeps a little swimming pool, a little waiting, little kid pool, you know, uh, something like that. Oh, um, you can get messy. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's both. It's ego. It's all over the floor, boy. Sometimes it's floor. on the walls. You know, oh, you man. gotta, you gotta watch out. You gotta back watch to, out. Back, back to, to the game. So we did. Um, we did. It was all random. Yes, it was. It was, it was all yes. random, and we rolled. 
<laughs> we rolled for the city states. There's only three. Um, I think that's why the map maybe seems so big. Yeah, you're because right. there, yeah, there was only three, three city states when there should have been at, at least six, six. I think at least six, yeah. if not eight. Uh, I think a two per player. I think is the standard. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, that's right. And uh, we got apocalypse mode. I think right. We did. We, we rolled did. apocalypse mode. We did roll and apocalypse mode. I I don't know. I think we got the light version. I don't. I didn't. I particularly. I don't know. Maybe I got lucky. Volcanoes. I think I got hurt once or twice by volcanoes, which were they, everywhere. They did say they reduced the amount of natural disasters that happen in apocalypse mode naturally. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe apocalypse mode has been tuned where later down the line, that's when it gets really, really hectic. We didn't get to no, even stage no two. No meteors. Of, yeah, nothing. No. So well, of course, no, definitely no meteors or no, no comets. Rather. Yeah. Meteors, uh, apparently it's in the patch notes later, which we'll get to it. They, there was a bug. It was a bug that meteors weren't happening. Oh. And so they, they fixed that. Spoiler alert for the patch notes later on. Um, yeah, we played apocalypse mode. I did not flip a, I did not flip a single city. Uh, so we were all too far apart, I felt. Uh, and again, I think that it's the city state, like maybe even starting locations, it, you know, considers the city states. Um, so you were sort of close to Canada, though. I was like, so I had he had one city uh, that was close enough that I had a slight amount of influence over. Uh, but ultimately, it was just too far away. Uh, and uh, so I didn't get like Eleanor's thing didn't do anything not to mention van bradley that lovable scamp uh he was playing canada specifically to screw over his least favorite civ which was eleanor uh so he was making sure that he was getting all or as many of the great works as he can oh um, okay. smart so smart. well and canada is a legit the canada strategic uh one of their you know victory conditions can be culture they can do it but like Eleanor, uh, as he mentioned a couple times, you know, they're 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 a ruthless military without fighting uh, because of their capacity to to flip cities. Uh, and I just I think I might have had six great works in the and I was trying like all of my cities had, um, you know, had the uh, theater district in it. And uh, it just it did not pan out. Uh, so did you move your great works to the closest city of Canada? I did. I did. Yeah. I moved them around. Uh, I moved them all around and, uh, it, it didn't, uh, it wasn't enough insufficient Vespain gas. Um, <laughs> nice reference. Nice. And then of course the random, the shuffle we played the with shuffle the, sh mode? The, the, the shuffle. shuffle mode, yeah. Uh, and I think that the, the craziest part was like, you, it's random for rather, whether you get. And I, I so far every game I've played, it's either you get political philosophy right away, like the second the second thing that you civic, which or or no, this time we didn't. No, we, it was like oh, last one. Sorry. It was it was sorry, like sorry. so early empire. Yeah, we got that. early empire right away. It's like oh wow, early empire, and then political philosophy. No, and we had to wait forever for political, <laughs> and that was that was trying. Um, but uh, all in all, I still think that you know that that mode is is okay like yeah. i i think my i still think my favorite mode so far is is the secret societies and i like dramatic ages but i'm good at the uh the era game uh, i've been I, getting better at the era game you see how much score i had with the your, era yeah, last yeah, game yeah. oh my god yeah I'm yeah killing, i was killing it yeah okay I so this everything. guy I did everything this guy 
Okay. I'm learning it. The so. horseshoes, the horseshoes for his starting location. Um, and especially now, uh, he doesn't have to worry about the, the desert. I don't think the desert wipes away your thing anymore. This guy, of course, he went with work ethic. And the de- so he had, he was touting, he was touting like the, or, um, sacred square shrines with like plus 10 adjacency bonus. Oh, that was so uh, nice. yeah, So that's plus 20. Petiti, so, Mali, Desert, Petra, hello. jeez. Oh, oh. So oh, like all of his cities, all of his cities were like 50 production. And that's what work ethic does. It's not even like so. I had I had one city, um, my Zozo, I believe was like fifty three or something. Like it was a high production, but it was one city that had a high production. All the rest were highest was like twenty, and then it went sixteen, thirteen. All of your cities were in the fifty range. Yeah, uh, Mali, so Mali with that was was insane. It's like almost like when you first introduced it with Canada, and mm-hmm. you had all of those right. Um, this one was nuts. Yeah, it was so Petiti uh, spawning in the desert. And me spawning right next to it. Right next to it. Right. Right. Not right Right next next to it. I had to build three cities away. So it was like 10 tiles, 20 tiles. Not not 20, but. It was close enough. It was close enough that you were able to get it very rapidly. And like. Yes. The Mali, like you can't stop the Mali getting their desert thing because they're earning faith from turn one. Right. Uh, So you just can't compete uh, on a faith level. And like you had a couple ways out there. Like, I actually, I don't know. You probably could have achieved any of the victory conditions. <laughs> like, your production crazy. I had crazy. so much military, man. You got the, your military. Border and like, that was, oh that was neat. You guys kind of had a, like, like obviously you wanted him to attack you. But he I did. He did not have a small military. No. Um, he, but I he, think I could, have, I could have inched forward, I think, and I would have eventually. Because I had I had the, the, the best amount of, like, melee units as well as range units so if, if i just inched forward in like a phalanx kind of format i would have eventually hit his cities just yeah it would have taken a while yeah and i actually i think nystagnus played nystagnus isn't here that's that's what oh, we that's oh that's what we oh, oh you're oh, absolutely right oh nystagnus oh uh, it's you know i knew it was if it wasn't that i shaved uh that's what it was was that nystagmus isn't here with us uh yet today <laughs> it's like leaving your kid at the grocery store that's what you just don't, cr- don't even remember you know you oh, know sh- <laughs> you know his his dad left me once like technically my dad was responsible too but they left me at like the community pool they both just thought that i was in the other's car oh and no. i was like like and this is in north york you know in toronto not exactly the the safest area um yeah that was fun that was uh, that was a memory <laughs> member a, a childhood memory uh, and i blame him directly obviously uh, oh, yeah. he, pro- he probably yeah. he probably said to my zeo oh yeah he's in the other car um <laughs> you know that's just that's just the kind of uh disturber he is but uh he played a very very good game with the crew. he did play a good game actually i think everyone played like to the best of their ability it's just work ethic work ethic one that was really in the end what happened right i think work ethic one but i i do think uh, the lack of city states it really i like i almost think like next time if we do roll random and we roll like under a certain threshold we should just decrease the map size to force us to be closer together um, mm. I think that would have made a big difference because essentially you were left to just thrive uh, unopposed. Uh, and we all like technically we all were. But because the Mali, just like Canada, have the default of you're likely to start in desert and you did um, you, you, you. Yeah, like your capital 
I think was part desert, part not desert. But then to the north of you was like this massive, beautiful desert. Um, the as far as the Mali can see, um, and uh, and then when you realize that your mind's built gold, like. <laughs> my mind my mind's built gold oh my gosh i had so much so much they i wasn't actually making so a lot of gold fun. return but i was making enough for me to matter because i was making a lot of faith return right and then i got grandmaster's chapel so then i was just buying units and, from and faith, you're supposed to buy no units you're supposed you're not yeah. supposed to build units Mal the mali get a penalty to build units you're supposed to buy your units um so yeah you, you it was everything was coming out millhouse for you so well done oh yeah well thank done. you thank you let's take a small break and when we come back we're going to be talking about the official october free update patch notes we're going to be going through those and analyzing what's important what's not important so we'll be back right after these messages which is just really a song so prepare to sing along after these messages We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast where we suck so you don't have to. Let's talk about the October patch notes. They're here, they're in writing, and we can read exactly what they wrote down for these patch notes. Uh, let's start with the most exciting part about this. Apart from the pirate scenario, we're going to save that for the end. Uh, the the Grand Columbia nerfs. It's been rumored. It's been said. Now here they are. Yeah. I, and like, I love that it's like the Maya and Grand Columbia pack. Like it, it mentions that. But really, the balance is just for the the latter. It has nothing to do with the it was, Maya. It was, it was targeting the, the, the pack, though. So if you if you didn't buy New Frontier Pass and you only bought the Maya and Grand Columbia pack, this affects yes, you. Yes, yes. Is what that was probably, yes, probably there were, targeting. There, there were uh, a couple map patches, uh, and then uh, there was definitely... A big one was the city-state thing. That, that, was, that was good. Um, obviously, we know that uh grand columbia a little bit of a different sieve they're pretty good they're pretty good pretty impressive it was it just it's the simple things and you know the main thing being that uh just the plus one movement but then when you add the general era every era getting a general and an amazing unit it, it turns into a pretty fantastic sieve yeah. um so it's funny like we were discussing this before and I think we just said they need to remove one thing and that would be it. And that would be fine. And and instead what they did was they just made a few little nerfs instead of removing any one thing. So they still have their, they still have their special unit. They still have their generals. They still have their Hacenda, um, but they've just been slightly modified. So yeah, so they reduced um, the Lanero adjacent strength from plus four to now plus two. So it's plus two for every adjacent Lanero. Uh, they dropped the uh, Comandante General, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, sorry if I ruined that. Uh, they've changed that to no bonus movement anymore to the surrounding units uh, instead of the plus one that they used to have. So only the great generals alone give plus movement. Yeah, and, you know, when you stack with generals, when you stack with great generals, that gets a little ludicrous because you're looking at 
a plus one from your sieve, a plus one from your general, and then a plus one from another general. And then, of course, if you have logistics, that's plus four. That's <laughs> yeah. plus four. Your unit with a movement of two, your warrior, has a plus six movement when he's moving with these guys. Your Lunero, who has, I think, a six is his base? I think or it's is four. It four. If it's four, okay, ten. Okay, yeah. or sorry, eight, yeah. eight, eight. Still, so that, eight I think thought. that's why they got. I think they got, that's why they got rid of it in the unique general because the yeah. sieve already has the plus one movement. So there's no point for a unique person to also give them the plus one movement. So that makes sense to me. Right? Well, just as a and and just I player, I know you know you know I'm the most low tech uh, boomer out there. Uh, I can just imagine yeah, from a, a coding perspective. It'd be a lot easier to modify the unique general for this sieve than to have that the generals are modified specifically for this sieve, but they're the same for everybody else. So I'm guessing that's an easier fix um, than saying be because really, code. well, I, I, is it though? Yeah, because it? it's a unit. It's one unit. I don't like know. Every every sieve inherits that one unit, the same unit. Listen, Don't worry I, about it. Don't I worry got about it. I got it. that 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 information from a telegraph. Okay, it just it just beeped oh, it. Oh, see, in. that's old technology. Okay. Yeah, if you got it from a carrier pigeon, you can't believe it. That was probably from like two hundred years ago, my dude. I got the telegraph. I got the telegraph. So either way, uh, not to mention though, like you're not guaranteed a general, um, a regular general, right? It's not a guarantee that you're going to have one. So I, I think I like better that they did it to the guaranteed because. You end up having most of them. I always found it difficult to justify using them, spending them, unless like it was the big war, uh, and I wanted an extra attack turn or something. Oh, what's going on? What's 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 happening? I feel it's complete. The force. I feel complete hey, and whole again. We're we're just talking about the um, the 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 mild nerfing to several abilities to Grand Colombia, as opposed to. Uh, the original idea of maybe just t removing one thing would make it fair. So they've nerfed a few things. So your your precious Grand Columbia, Nystagmus, how do how do you feel about what they've done here? Do you uh, know Do you know what they did? No, I you know actually don't. Did? Sorry, guys. Let's, okay, Moy, tell so them what they I'll, did. Yeah, I'll, I'll recap here. So they reduced the Lanero adjacent strength from plus four to now plus two. Okay, so they halved it. They dropped the. Commandante General uh, bonus movement from plus one to now zero bonus movement at all. So instead, they just get the Civ plus one plus the regular Great General plus one, but they don't get that plus one movement from their unique General. They dropped the Hacienda's housing to 0.5, so it's not a full housing anymore. Uh, the Hacienda can also be affected by droughts, nat natural disasters, whereas before it couldn't have. Uh, and that's it. That's but it. That's that's like for the for the Maya Grand Colombia pack. Like half of the is on them. And I and and like I said, I, I think I like it more than they, they they nerfed everything a little bit as opposed to just nerfing one thing entirely. Well, and also it's a little bit different than what we were thinking. We were thinking we were going to take away something. All they did was kind of take it away. They just made everything Wait, a little, <laughs> a little. Like we thought they were going to take away like, something, but like they just took like something instead, away. They just took instead something of taking away. away just having generals or taking away the plus one oh, movement, right? They, yeah, right. They kept the ability, but just made it less dramatic. 
Do you think it's enough though? I, uh, I think it's uh, fine. I, it's it's a playable sieve still. Um, you still have for the most part a, a, a pretty insane movement. Um, you're you're still very likely you know having like a five movement. So for a lot of units, that's a movement, and like for siege unit, that's a movement and an attack still. Um, you know, even on difficult terrain. Um, so you know, all in all, um, I I think so. Um, like we'll have to well have to actually go and play and see. I think the Unero adjacency strength was kind of like enough. Like I think that even just that was enough because if you think about how many on average in an average case is adjacent to another Unero, it's probably two. There's probably you probably have like packs of three in a in a typical case, right? So you have two other ones that are adjacent to you. Before that was plus eight combat strength. Plus eight combat strength strength is a lot that's a balance tipper that's a balance that is that's almost enough alone to counteract a anti-cavalry unit which i believe gains plus 10 against an anti-cavalry don't quote me on that i don't know the exacts of it but it's almost enough to counter a anti-cavalry unit so now with only plus four that dramatically reduces reduces that and it's at least a little bit more manageable where pike and shots the unit that is supposed to counter a narrow are is enough to to counter them I think that was a great, a great change. Everything else was kind of like Hacienda to 0.5 housing. Okay, I understand. Like there are um, city-state improvements that give you full housing and those are really, really, really valuable, right? The chalky amounts, for example, really valuable. And they just wanted to reduce this in order for those to still be very valuable, which okay, I respect but, that. But a, a, a Hacienda is like the U-boat of this civilization, like... You know, it's, but it's, plus one housing is huge. No matter yeah, what, it's later in the game. It's not a big deal. Yeah, but, uh, but they, come, they it shows up at the same time as the Lanaros. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I don't. I think that that in general, the Hacienda is this boat, this civilization's U boat, because the rest of the Civ is fine. It, yes, it's it, the worst but it has to them, give yes. it. It has to give it something, and and every Civ gets either a district or an improvement of some kind. Um, so that is their their U boat. Uh, so that's not a big deal, in my opinion. The, the, yeah. The other the other two are the major one that I th I think it's enough. I think it's enough. Now there is a couple other changes. Um, I still haven't used these these knee hangs yet. Oh, dude, they're so okay. Good. They're I so I, I only know by how excited Moy gets when he oh, talks God. about them. Um, so they, they, the cost scaling for purchasing them. Uh, so now the tech progression scales to times four its base cost. Um, that's fair. so I guess that's that makes fair. them they more expensive. Yeah. They were, so, they were, they were way too cheap for how useful they were. And so them adding that, uh, cause like even their, their base unit is really good when you get to like the core or the army version of it by the time you have a military academy this thing is so incredible it has like over 100 strength or something like that it's incredible and so them at least increasing the cost of it is just just makes complete sense it makes complete sense they would do that because it's way too powerful this the 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 strength goes up over time but the cost never went up over time so now at least the cost of it goes up with the strength so it's this makes complete sense to me yeah so that's i think that's uh good i'm sure i'll try them one day and and be like why are these so expensive um <laughs> <laughs> they fixed the issue preventing forest fires and meteor showers from showing up 
as intended in a non-apocalypse game. Yeah, so I, I never noticed these. Uh, yeah, I I noticed the meteorite. I noticed the uh, the meteorite. So I, rare I, though. They, they so are rare. rare. They're very rare. It's like, and I only ever got like a chariot or two. But the forest fire was one that I was a surprise. I thought that the forest fire was only for apocalypse mode. Um, so I guess we're gonna see that. Uh, and then now, so they've really done some stuff with apocalypse mode. I wouldn't uh, worry about these two. Yeah, what is things. what is let's this? Just skip, skip over these. Don't worry. Okay, about those it. are is, scenarios. Skip over it. So let's go to the Ethiopia pack. Uh, trade cities, city states now give two, four, and six gold as their on envoy bonuses. I don't know what it was before. I thought it was two, four, six. So maybe I'm mistaken. No, maybe it was one, three, five. One, three, five. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then vampires now count free cities uh, units as barbarians for gaining combat strength. So that's yeah, cool. That's worth it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's... now a free city is specifically a city that's flipped. Yes. Right. Correct. That's not, yeah. that's not a city not state. Not a city state. No. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. In dramatic ages, I've never experienced this personally, but repeated dark ages will no longer result in a negative golden age threshold score. It is now a minimum of wow. zero. Wow. I can't imagine. Like, that's like where you, you might question whether or not Civ is for you and maybe just stick to Super Mario if you've got a Ouch. negative, <laughs> if you've got a negative uh, era score like that. Uh, and then they updated the era score meter in Dramatic Age to properly display information. Uh, I'm guessing that just means that um that there's more data now or more like it'll tell you more in the civilpedia maybe or maybe when you go over the the actual maybe meter. the timeline yeah the timeline, yeah, the timeline or, or like when you click on the thing maybe it just has a better list of uh of like all the thing maybe all the ways to earn um to earn points so we'll have to i we'll have to fiddle around with that one it's a score meter specifically uh pr properly displays information okay uh espionage they changed the spy mission so you can no longer spy on people you have an alliance with. I don't agree with this. I don't Why? agree with this. Uh, I think that spying on our allies is a NATO tradition. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's how we, oh, we, we you know, we, we keep each other sharp. Um, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I just maybe this should, I think it should be like when you're like a high level alliance. When you're first getting to know somebody, I got to. I got to get my intel, brother. I got to make sure that you're on the level. If this well, alliance, that's what friends are for. If you this spy, alliance is going to go friends. anywhere, maybe. You spy on your friends. You just don't spy on your allies. Right? Maybe, maybe. I don't, I just, I don't think I like anything that restricts. I think espionage needs to be better. I want more spying. It, it was like, you know, it was one of my favorite things for Civ 4 was like just the list of things you could do was really cool. Uh, and I don't mind if it was like even unlock only with special policy cards or something. I'd like to see more stuff with spying. Um, but either way, neither here nor there. And then this one, I think, was we knew about this one. Uh, yeah. re recruit partisan missions now pillage the neighborhood district uh, so that it cannot be spammed. Aww. <laughs> uh, and uh, spawns only anti-cavalry units, the weaker, weaker units than previously. Before it used to be... It used to be like infantry, right? It'd be like infantry or It'd be anything. It could or even cavalry, be tanks. Even. Yeah. It, yeah, random. But I want to mention this where I heard this in Vector Cat's podcast with uh, with Bose. Uh, they were claiming that this only proves that anti-cavalry units need a buff because they suck. Right? If they're going to always spawn them. They got the statue of Zeus. You know, come on. What, what more? 
what more could you want? I, you know, I think the idea ultimately with them is you got to stay in formation to get your flanking on. And, you know, they're in, they're kind of intentionally not the greatest because like when you get them, I find you get them a little earlier, right? Like the, you get the, the spearmen, you know, you're going to get that earlier than the swordmen, which, you yeah. know, that's, you but know, the spearmen, I would say is equivalent to the warrior, but the spearmen will destroy a chariot, but right? a warrior will beat a spearman. Nah, not always. A it will. No, it will. It will. So a the warrior gets plus seven. A warrior gets plus seven combat strength and gets anti-cavalry units. The anti-cavalry unit has five more melee strength than the warrior. So twenty warrior has twenty strength. The spearman has twenty-five strength. I know this because I looked at this in one of my games. And then when you attack with a warrior, it, when you're attacking an anti-cavalry unit, you get plus seven. So the ba- the base strength of a warrior is lower than an anti-cavalry unit, but they get a bonus so that they make sure that they will isn't like, the, do more damage isn't the first upgrade they get like plus 10 versus melee units plus five i thought it was plus 10 plus five so they okay. then, they, then they will do more damage than a than a melee unit but they need an upgrade in order for them to do that whereas even a warrior when they upgrade they get plus seven against land units which include a spear <laughs> i've i've just i've always seen military units as going you know recon anti-cavalry melee uh, and then cavalry um and then siege are kind of part of that siege and archery would are kind of on their own thing um i don't know so i like this got somebody's you can't i don't i don't like are you basically you're saying it should be fair it should be like rock paper scissors and they should be exactly even well i don't think that's how they laid it out that's how they laid it out though so like cavalry beat melee melee beat anti-cavalry anti-cavalry beat cavalry that's how they laid it out well, that's traditionally how it's supposed to work. I, I don't know. Right. I, I get you. I get you. Uh, they're so cheap, what's though. the problem then? There's no there's I no real problem. problem. I, the, I, just the more you're saying that any. Yeah, you might be right that uh, that they they need a buff that maybe they are weak. And they, like now if they're if they're saying that you're only going to get anti-cavalry units, which are apparently the weakest unit um, of the serious military units, you know. Well, now we well, know so that's what partisans are. I think the difference is specialization. So the so the idea behind it, so any anti-cavalry unit you've ever, like whenever they create them, right? They have to be used in formations. And so like spearmen, pikemen, they're not like one off that one pikeman can take down a knight. It's a row of pikemen can take down a yeah. bunch of knights, right? And so the idea behind the anti-cavalry unit is historically speaking, they can't act alone. They have to right. act in they unison need, with someone They need else. that flanking bonus. And so yeah. they have the support bonus too. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how they're supposed to be utilized. So they're not like weaker per se. They're just more specialized to the point where they're really only good for at a specific role. Right. Right. And so the idea behind um, the, you know, the idea would be that you would have your melee units interspersed with anti-cavalry units. Right, and then you would have your ranged units behind those those units, and then your cavalry units would kind of be on the on the flanks of your army, because the cavalry right. units have the most movement; they can move and outflank the army. Whereas the melee and the anti-cavalry can act in unison, where the melee units can protect the anti-cavalry against other melee units, and the and the um, anti-cavalry can protect the melee units against the cavalry units. Right, that's how they're supposed to be like used, um, mm-hmm. even historically speaking. And so they're not like weaker. 
But like if honestly, if anti-cover units were able to take on melee units, like step up to them at least, then you would just spam anti-cover units because yeah. they're cheaper. Right? Yeah. Like that's that that's the idea, I think, that behind it. I I I concur. Speed scaling. We got some speed scaling. Uh the most important one here is unit experience no longer scales with game speed. Yeah. This is huge. So when we play online speed, usually like it takes two or three attacks maybe for a unit to upgrade. It's no longer going to do that. It's going to still take like six attacks or like more. It's going to be more attacks, even in online speed, to upgrade your unit. So there's going to be like military almost feels not dead, but much more difficult because healing is going to be few and far between. Why the heck did they do that? I don't know, but they did it. Right, they did a lot of game scale speeding, uh, spe- game speed scaling stuff. Uh, even with like diplomatic favor, that I was think like they the don't want one, people to right? play online speed anymore. <laughs> it's not that, but maybe like maybe it's they noticed that not enough units are dying. Maybe like there's no cost unless you are zerging, and if you want to use a Starcraft term here, zerging like a lot of units. Unless you're zerging somebody, you're not you're not killing them, right? If it's an even battle, some usually like you kill maybe maybe one that's caught off guard but it's gonna stalemate you're just you're just gonna stalemate the only way to really beat somebody is to just overwhelm them and so i think i think even when you overwhelm somebody you're still taking damage you're still taking damage but like it's not that no one should die in your army there's gonna be some deaths but like that that was the reason for the change is that there's at least someone who's dying instead of just an overwhelming force where no one dies so to be clear now units no longer scale it's just they have a flat experience rate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, I like that. What I really like, though, about this, because I only recently discovered rating, as many of you know, is now rating yields will scale. Uh, tier 1 rating uh, will scale with uh, with game speed. Um, so what's the point of sorry, that? With, uh, so it would get better, right? You get less. Oh, no, would you, you get, get less? less in, online, in online speed. You get less. Oh, no. That's why. Then that's so there's terrible. more balance now. I hate it. So like in marathon speed... Um, or I guess stand, we'll just say stand, standard speed. You get 200 gold for pillaging a commercial hub. Let's just say 200 gold. Mm. And online speed, should you get the same amount or should you get less? Because technically, uh, mm-hmm. you should be making less gold. Everything costs I just, less. I just find it weird that you, speed. You, if you pick and choose like what scales and what doesn't, right? Well, the, what, I ha- what the issue I have with that, though, is online speed is also less turns, right? Yes. So I think the number should be, it's the other way. It should be higher. Uh, because in a standard game, in a single era, there's going to be way more turns for me to do the rating. Okay, um, that it just there's two hundred fifty no, no, turns no, no, in no, one. No, no, no. Okay, so if you get more gold, uh, so everything costs more in standard versus online. Right. So a worker in online costs sixty, whereas in standard, I think it costs a hundred. Right. Everything it costs more. So you should be getting if you pillage something. Right. If you get a hundred gold in online, you can buy a warrior plus something. Whereas if you get a hundred gold in standard, you can just buy the warrior. So it would make sense if you kill a commercial hub, you get sixty gold out of it in online speed and a hundred gold out of standard speed. If you want to, if you want to universalize things, I think it's. I just don't have a, a level of comparison just because we I, we only play online. And, right. and as you know, like I've played a couple games of standard and I find it numbing. Uh, but so I it's different. It's yeah. It's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have noticed. Uh, now I guess I will. Now, now I'll be like, "Oh, this is garbage." <laughs> I don't get anything from rating. 
Um, but that's okay. That's in general what they did. The amount of gold obtained from barbarian camps has changed. Um, so what? I guess normally it's 50 gold or something. Now you're going to get less gold. Yeah. Um, so the fine. cost of just everything in general, like, is kind of scaled now. Um, you know, the favor cost for voting, the aluminum cost for space race projects, the uranium cost for nuclear weapons, everything scales now. So online speed is going to cost less and then longer speeds are going to cost more. Um, moving to general fixes. Uh, I didn't know that you can do this, but rock bands can no longer play on pillaged buildings. That makes sense. You don't want to play in ruins, right? I don't know. If it's a punk band, it should be able to. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that should be some an alternative rock. Yeah, punk yeah, rock. punk rock. <laughs> no, no, it should be if it plays in a district, it then pillages it. That'd be good. When that's punk rock, baby. Um, fix an issue where the Netherlands bonus of fifty percent towards flood barriers was not working. Interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, when forming a corps or army within range of a great general, it only applies abilities marked as permanent to the. I don't understand this. To the corps slash army. Oh, I think what was happening was um, when, like, when, you know how some of the great generals can say, like, the next two units, um, like, two units get, like, this promotion or whatever. People were, like, forming cores and armies so that technically three units were doing it because then, oh. then they oh. merge. So I'm thinking that's what it is. That's my deductive reasoning on that. Okay. Oh, and then some various sure. crash okay. fixtures. I like it. Uh, I think the the AI one. There's a couple big ones, but my favorite, favorite, favorite one is ensure AI repair city walls defenses promptly. <laughs> I just why why are you just giving me your city? Thank you, thank you for not repairing your city walls. Um, I I think the reduced number of spaceports uh, is big. If you ever watched like. A computer late game in like on like deity uh or deity whatever how you pronounce it um they build a lot of spaceports it's almost one in every city it's ridiculous so this was a well-needed change the increased desire for oracle and pyramids to really really high level wonders i like that change i think they should prioritize that just like humans do right they're just trying to replicate that kind of like human pvp style play in single player right so humans value these the cpus should also value these um and then also kind of like an exploit almost where the uh decrease ai desire for diplomatic favor i see everybody myself included i see everybody just selling their diplomatic favor for gold whoever's buying it at the highest price usually canada they're just gonna sell it to them for gold per turn they don't need to make commercial hubs they only have three trade routes it doesn't matter because they're getting all their gold per turn by just selling their diplomatic favor left and right i saw peppermint butler the other day sell i don't remember how much i think it was like 90 or 100 maybe 200 diplomatic favor for 60 plus gold per turn to canada 60 gold per turn oh that's geez. like yeah that's a big what? i love i love like especially uh vector cats challenge recently um because it was a domination victory i'm like i anytime i won a bunch of diplomatic points it's like well i've got three capitals i don't want it i got like minus 17 a turn and i would just sell it and I'd get tons of gold, and I loved it. And now we don't get nothing. So uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you, Boast, too, buddy. I'm looking at you. A any fix, 
and yeah, any fixes to AI is good. Uh, AI needs to be fixed. Um, a lot of the UI stuff, I think it, a lot of it just looks like cleaning it up. Yeah. Uh, so secret societies first, like there's little silly things like when you research a, a, a science or a civic, you'll notice that your experience bar will be full. Yeah. Uh, until, so that they got rid of that. Okay, not a big deal. And I guess there is ways to reveal information in some, some of the random modes. Uh, not a big deal. Uh, so a lot of these just look like um, just improving the, the general gameplay or, or just a look, you know? Yeah. And, and then, then console, you got console ones. Yeah. So no, new... console. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more important ones. Uh, uh, nothing really like crazy, honestly, in the console changes. Uh, so those are the patch notes. Um, and then we have the pirates. Pirates. Yar. Yar, baby. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I will start. Zoe, you'll go next. And then the sure. same as you go next, we're all going to introduce one pirate. And then we'll leave the last one for like a... Uh, we'll see who gets it um the dread pirates uh they have the ability called walk the plank uh it is can be used by every ship in the dread pirates fleet it immediately sinks any badly damaged enemy ship in exchange for three movement and five combat strength for five turns uh that is insane uh so basically they get plus three movement and plus five combat strength when they use this ability so like whoa that's 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 just more combat strength for your for all of your ships so why why wouldn't you take that and fighting is what we do best it is a passive ability and you get plus 10 gold every time a unit engages in combat every time you attack you get plus 10 gold dread pirates definitely looking for the warfare to be the aggressor they want to attack they're the warmonger and all of this and they look like a lot of fun now unlike my dread pirate companion here we privateers believe in at least setting the stage so you understand why these abilities matter in any way shape or form so the new pirates ability it's or sorry pirates game it's a one to four player game so you can play it by yourself uh which is cool it's only 60 turns Okay, so you only get 60 turns to do your thing. You're not building settlers or anything like that. The civilizations are there, and you're going to pillage in. You're going to raid, and you are like the barbarian factions, all right? And you are out there. So you're being challenged by Spain, Netherlands, England, and France. Uh, and essentially, you're fighting to control the map, uh, and they've, pr they've produced a couple uh, scenarios in there. The win-loss is you're trying to claim the Pirate King with the highest score at the end of 60 turns. The Pirate King who loses all their units will be eliminated from the match. Okay, so this is, it's a it's an interesting little, it's not a, it's not a game mode. It is a scenario. It is a, it is a, yeah. So it's, it's like your, uh, your Red Plague. Okay, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, I'd like to play it, but we'll see. So that's the pirateer way because we used to be men of, of, of the empire, but now we're doing our own thing is to cordially let you know what the game actually is about. My so now bad. that you, My now bad. that you know, Hey, you're a <laughs> dread pirate. You need to make people walk the plank. You need them to be scared of you. You do not want them thinking you're giving them proper information. Sure. I'll okay. go with that. It's not because I'm a bad podcast host. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll parlay. Okay. I'll parlay. All right. Okay. So, so the privateers, 
Um, so bring her home. It's an active ability. Uh, so you can you can be used by every ship in the Pirateer's fleet. Um, captures a badly damaged enemy ship for the Pirateer patron. Using bring her home grants a plus five famous pirate points. Um, which I'm guessing is is a is part of the score. Yes, uh, it is. And plus 100 gold in addition to the usual naval victories. Uh, it takes five turns to recharge. So this is cool. These abilities, five turns to recharge. I, in general, really like that. And I'd like to see regular game uh, Civ's uh, abilities that have something like that. That it's like, it's really cool, really strong. Like imagine if Kamir's elephants were actually useful yeah, and it had know, like right? a super missile you know that but they could only it took like it'll take like sorry it's gonna take us 30 years to reload that thing um which is you know translates to every three turns i really like that mechanic and i hope that they play around with that more in the future uh and then our passive ability is called a a letter from the marquee um and it grants the privateer a randomly assigned ai civilization as a patron which is cool because privateers are essentially they're pirates, but they work for one of the crowns unofficially. Okay. And if you remember in Civ 4, like basically you got units that didn't have any flag and you could attack anyone you wanted to. I, I really miss that feature. Um, <laughs> too. Yeah. And then they also have that uh, the privateer knows the location of all their patrons' ports. Okay. So you'll know where all of the English ports are or all of the Spanish ports. Uh, pillaging trade routes grants an additional 100 gold. That to me sounds like a super fun pirate to be. Hey, so I don't know too much about what's going on with what this whole rant. I don't know how it took so long <laughs> for Zoe to talk about like two abilities that uh, because maybe because nobody knew what we were talking about. Yeah, maybe maybe the Stagnus. What? Was, what? what? A big solid man. <laughs> Jeez, the Stagnus. Oh. So the swashbucklers, um, so their active ability uh, is tack into the wind. So um, you get a, a, a gain a huge temporary uh, movement boost that takes about six turns to recharge. Um, now, that's really cool because I think that's kind of a play on like the trade winds, I guess. Um, yeah. Like- um, where the, the trade winds kind of move downward uh, the, to the windward islands. So the windward islands are on the, in the eastern Caribbean. That include islands like uh, St. Lucia uh, and Grenada. Um, And so that's where the Windward Islands are. And so I think that might play on that um, uh, ability as well. And then their passive ability is uh, Sailing the Open Seas. So you get Infamy for revealing more hexes on the map um, um, for that. So uh, I've not played this. I've seen streamers playing this this, um, ability. this scenario it looks pretty fun to be honest it looks like a lot of fun i i'd, I'd play it right now if you guys wanted to but you know that's <laughs> yeah, just that's, right that's just me and then the last uh pirate is the hoarder they have this is probably one of the coolest abilities in my opinion in this whole pirate thing is the chain shot as a free action all ships in the hoarder's fleet can use the chain shot ability to anchor an enemy unit in place for two turns and it takes five turns to recharge as well so that means you could just anchor it down and have all of your melee ships just surround the crap out of this thing and be like, hey, bud, I heard you want a really good time. There's a lot of us surrounding you. Do you like this? I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have the ability Mine, 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 which it, mine? Units, 
uh, unit maintenance cost is reduced by three. Uh, plus 10 treasure points by burying treasure. The hoarder gets 3% interest on their gold reserves per turn when they bury the treasure as well. So that's, that, that's crazy. Yeah. Three per turn. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot to be reduced by. Um, I think I think what I really like about this too, and this is I'd love to see this just a general mode. These relics. So this is kind of like the governments. That's like that. This is kind of like serves as like the civics that you can get these powerful upgrades, um, and you can have up to three slots, and they all give you an ability. But they're like you know, and they're so totally themed, like Blackbeard, Short Fuse, um, Crates of Rum, you know. Um, I don't know. It's cute. It's really cute. Uh, so let's not like go it. through all of the relics. You know, we don't have to go through all of them. Out of time. Let's take a small break before we get into our third section. Uh, it is the fourth year anniversary of Civilization VI today, folks, on uh, October 22nd, because we're now past midnight. And we're going to be talking about our favorite moments in Civilization VI and what we like and what we don't like about Civilization VI and what they can carry over into Civ Seven. So don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. Wow, what a quick break. That's crazy. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast where we suck so you, in fact, don't have to suck. You're welcome. Um, it you can is still the, suck. Yeah, you can still suck, I guess. You but like, we, we're probably worse than you, so don't worry about it. Uh, it is the fourth year anniversary of Civilization VI, and we survived the rise and fall of nations, faced the gathering storms, and started on a new frontier. What has been your favorite Hashtag one more turn moments in Civilization Six throughout the entirety of the game. Do you, I kind of have one in mind? Go ahead, uh, you it, lead. You lead the way. You okay, lead the I'll way. lead the way. I'll lead the way. It is definitely when, for the first time, I believe it's the first time ever in Civilization through one through six that Canada has been involved. And at the world stage in civilization. And I felt so represented. I felt so good. I was like, yeah, Canada, let's go. It's not all European nations, baby. <laughs> that was a hype moment for me. I, I loved yeah. it. When they announced it, I was so happy. I remember being really, really happy about that. Yeah, I. me too. I, I do recall that. Uh, okay, so you want like in general, not like a specific moment like it can a, be a moment like a it can be that no, it can be an well, announcement or it can be whatever you want I, it to be man like i agree with you uh getting canada was great actually i really just i love the 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 versatility or all the diversity like i love that australia's in there like i love that they they really opened it up um uh, for me my favorite like overall thing about civ 6 is definitely the districts I think that districts are so revolutionary. I think that districts are why I could never go back to Civ Five, other than its <laughs> terrible, terrible World Congress. Um, districts allow they they bring so much life to they they show how really in Civ a city isn't just the one place. Mm -hmm. a, a city mm -hmm. is not is not just tall one area of the map. Okay that the people go and work out there, okay? Like, they kind of had it in Civ Four that, you know, you could build your cottages up to little towns and stuff like that. But the districts, they 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 scattered out the town, uh, the city, and they showed that the city was more like a region. 
um, which I just I thought it was so innovative. I, I like once you get your head, and that's what I say to people when when they're getting new to Civ Six is you know oh, what's the difference? All you need to do is understand how districts work and how civics cards work. And once you get that, that's that's the two major innovations that Civilization Six brought to, to the Civ franchise. Understand when somebody tells me that Civ Five is better than Civ Six, and they honestly don't really give me a reason. And then apart from maybe the fact that there's new mechanics and you need to learn the game again, I don't know why anyone would make that argument, right? People don't want to learn new things. They old, they have old habits. They want to stick to old habits, what they know. I get it. I get it. But you really need to challenge yourself to learn a new game. I think it's also why Beyond Earth didn't do so well because people didn't want to learn new mechanics. But I think there's other reasons why that didn't go so well. But I think that was one of them. Yeah. And then also that transferred over to Civ Six when people just... They didn't want to learn the districts. Like, why am I killing an entire tile? Why am I not doing as well as the computers that are like, I don't understand. Why am I not winning on Prince difficulty when it should be so easy, right? Yeah. It's because like, you don't know the, all the, the whole mechanics. The population determines the amount of districts you can have. You know, you can see that you can't build a district. Sometimes you just don't understand why, right? Once you learn all that, Civ 6, when it comes down to it, is such a good, intricate, game it's, it's amazing it's, i like that word intricate um civ 6 like it really explores the complexity of civilization um which is you know just the ability to stack things and mix them up like that's why like almost equal to districts for me it's the civics cards uh mm -hmm. is the policy cards like now this potential to really mix and match your government and you know make a, a unique sort of and like it like i don't know for some reason i can visualize it better with the policy cards like what the government is trying to do is like, yeah, for the next 10 years, this was the policy that we had. Um, yeah. and, and that it was just a, a wide variety, a big mix. And then I like that they added like a legacy. So like if you started as a classic republic, even though you might become a democracy in the end, there's still some legacy bonuses there that you can get. And like mm -hmm. even now went so far as they gave you a legacy policy card. I think before it was always built in the government center. Was so, the like maybe it still is maybe it still is but i think now they also give you a is, policy card is, yeah my yeah. uh my experience is a little bit different so um i was playing civ like the older versions i never really got into civ 5 that's the, the kicker right so okay. for me um the two biggest things one and i don't know if anyone remembers civ 4 but unit stacking was like ridiculous i hated that <laughs> I, um, the way that the roles went were really weird. Like I seen, I've saw archers kill tanks, right? Like in, in Civ 4, like that, like straight up happened. Um, and yeah. it's because you could just stack units and whenever you attack someone, it would always just match up the attacker's unit up against the best unit it could possibly kill. Um, and so you had like these weird matchups where like, yeah, like sometimes it didn't matter if you had tanks, someone can have like a heavily, heavily promoted, like archer unit and it would just like kill them anyway so that was number one um uh number two the introduction introduction of hexes um as opposed to the squares um uh, made the game a lot better because it made it more uh, dynamic in the way that um, for sure that was that. a civ 5 innovation the last one right? is workers now having um like they can only do so build, many charges, charges. Yes. because before in civ 4 you could just like build one worker and just tell them to automate like um yeah. improvements and they'll just and they'll just build uh, railroads everywhere. 
right? And yeah. so, um, um, and so it was pretty like easy mode on that part. This one now it's like okay, now you have to strategize where you use your workers and and use those charges because if you run out, then you have to build a whole new worker, right? Um, yeah. And so. Those are like the three major mechanics from my experience. Because Civ Five, I played maybe a couple times. I thought it was really cool, but I never got into it. Um, but Civ War was the last time I was like really playing Civ a lot. Speaking of like mechanics, uh, I wanted to ask what mechanics in Civ Six do you also want to see in Civ Seven? And also, as a contrast to that, what mechanics do you want to see go away in Civ Seven? I'll start here as well uh, to give you guys some time to think but mine was actually kind of taken. Um, I love the districts. I love the districts, mainly because city planning has now become one of my favorite things about Civ Six. You know, when you settle a city, or before, even before you settle the city, you're say, you put your pins down, that, that pin mod where, that they introduced is amazing, uh, and I'm so glad they implemented it into the base game. But when you put your pins down, you say, okay, I'm going to put my holy site uh, next to these mountains and this natural wonder for this much adjacency bonus. Since I have a holy site here and I'm playing Mali, oh, they have a bonus when they put in a commercial hub or Suguba next to a holy site. So I'm going to put a whole uh, commercial hub there. And then what's what's optimal there? Oh, I can put like a, a, the, the Great Zimbabwe beside it as well because I have cows here. And then since I have the Great Zimbabwe, I can put the theater square there next to the commercial hub and I can have this entire city planned out. And it's incredible. And you can have some some sick, sick looking civilizations if you can group some cities together and you group all of the districts together the bonuses that you get from adjacent districts is insane the cities look beautiful i absolutely love the districts in civ 6 so much and i really 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 want to see that in civ 7 uh well and i i agree like i love it particularly how wonders are are like a district too and now like your land management resource you have to care more you know, where are you going to build things? Like you only have so much space. Uh, will you build near mountains knowing that mountains are for most civilizations? You can't do very much with them. Um, so, you know, but that ultimately also means that you can build up a bit. Um, yeah, I really like districts. Um, I hope Civ 7 keeps and improves policy cards for governments. Uh, I really like the idea that, you know, it's not that you're monarchy or democracy or whatever um it's like yes they still call them that but it's really it's the sum of your policies that make up your sieve so it adds a bit of uniqueness to it uh and i i love the wild card like i think it it just it adds such a flavor to any especially if you get it early so i'd love to see them and just make it better like take it and just run with it and and make it even add an, I don't know, another complexity maybe a maybe a fifth uh, <laughs> a fifth level or something like that one thing I would like to have it come back, at least in the single player game, um, I'd like the vassal state mechanic to make a comeback. Oh, you want the Civ 5 um, mechanic back? Yeah. Okay. No, that's from Civ 4. Civ 4. Well. Civ 4. Oh, Civ 4. Oh, four. oh yeah. my bad. My bad. Um, and so, like, if anybody doesn't remember, um, when you're like defeating a computer player in Civ 4, they can like sue for peace. And one of the things they can offer is to become a vassal state. And it's just kind of like they become kind of this like side. Uh, country that will share resources with you they have to uh can only go to war when you tell them to they'll always defend you always mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um any, anyone declares war on you they'll also declare war on the aggressor um and so i thought that was a really cool uh kind of concept that um 
And actually what happened in a lot of like feudal, especially in the feudal era, like when you're talking about kingdoms and stuff like that, a lot of times they didn't like conquer kingdoms outright. They would just turn um, other kings into other feudal lords. So like if anyone doesn't know how the feudal system operates, it's kind of like uh, based on land. And so the lowest on the feudal system is the serfs who are actually attached to the land. And the people who own the land are the lords. And the king is actually just the first among all the lords, right? So the king has his own um, fiefdom, his own land, but he just has servitude from all the other lords. And that's why the feudal system was so decentralized because kings didn't actually like control everything directly. All the lords controlled everything and they just uh, uh, paid homage to the king. And so what they would do is instead of like say conquering your next kingdom, you would just turn that kingdom's king into one of your lords within the system. Um, and so that was a kind of interesting concept that they did in Civ Four that I thought would be kind of cool. Um, to and it's back. just more economically viable because you don't have to murder their armies, you know, because they're now your armies. They're and when you're playing multiplayer, you don't have to murder your friend. And if it's anyone like, remembers on. my video about, um, you know, uh, Robert the Bruce, that's basically what Edward of England did to Scotland during that time. He didn't like outright conquer the land. He just basically turned into a vassal state where all the lords in yes. Scotland paid homage to the king of England. Um, and so that's kind of like that kind of same setup. So moving to your least favorite mechanic in Civ Six, mine would probably have to be the loyalty system. I think that I understand that you shouldn't be able to build a city like completely away from your empire in the middle of nowhere. I get that. And if loyalty worked that way, sure. But I think it's a little ridiculous that even sometimes like I'm building a city like three tiles, four, five, six tiles away from another city and I'm getting like minus 20 loyalty. And I'm like, what the hell? Um, when they introduced it, I didn't like it. I still don't like it. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to see that back in Civ 7. How about it modified? Modify it like just make it less less strong so like if it's in the middle of nowhere right sure that can loyalty flip that's fine it's just like if i'd I'm also a, like to see the computers make better decisions like right i've right, really that i've literally built yeah. like i was like on an island and i was in the middle of the island and canada was on the other side of the island and they moved a settler all the way they, they asked me for open borders so this could happen they asked me for open borders and then they moved the settler all the way onto the other side of the island settled a city and then it immediately flipped to me <laughs> yeah they, like it was it was like the re most ridiculous thing i've ever seen when i was playing the game um and so yeah that's i get what it. i mean though. i get it yeah. like yeah sometimes it does make it harder to, to um settle cities i think what they're trying to do though is that in before they introduce uh introduce that you can like straight up settle cities like right beside each other in like the old civ games that you could just be annoying right and, right and just like and back in civ 4 at least your culture production is what actually expanded your borders instead of like buying tiles and stuff. So um, you could just build a city and because your your civilization was building more culture, you would just like overpower the next city's like borders until it was just it like- was, It was literally cultural warfare. Yeah. Right? yeah. And like the, one of the great people will do a big culture bomb and- <laughs> And then suddenly all these cities- Basically the, the problem with Civ Force culture mechanic was you can basically turn, and I know that Van Bradley would love this, you can actually make anyone Eleanor. Um, yeah. because if you built yeah, enough culture was. and you built enough culture bombs, you could just start taking over other people's cities. 
Like I, I straight up took over an entire country, uh, civilization one time in that game just by producing enough culture to overwhelm them. It was, uh, it was a pretty, pretty broken mechanic back then. But Civ Four was revolutionary. Um, it, it was it, like it was the apex Civ game because uh, Civ Three introduced a lot of really cool concepts. The first one being cultural borders uh, and and the corruption in Civ, like corruption's always actually been the idea of loyalty, corruption, whatever has always been an idea, right? Uh, and it's it's been more severe in the past. Um, but Civ Three got a bunch of things not quite right and civ 4 was like just revolutionary like it the way it did culture the way it did great people like i could actually see us one day on the civ show trying it out um Ooh, yeah yeah i think i think there's a lot of things in civ 4 that were really cool vassalage was definitely one of them uh the way that corporations worked in civ 4 they were essentially like modern religions um and you wanted to go and spread them and like they'd give you big bonuses like cereal company would give you like a bunch of food um so yeah like you wanted to rush and 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 found those things so there's a lot of cool mechanics um so mine my least my least favorite mechanic and, and this is i'm gonna give a least favorite mechanic and then i'm gonna give one that i want them to fix okay um my least favorite mechanic in civ 6 if i start building a wonder and then i made it i'm like oh my goodness if i build it over here it'd be better i want a way to i don't know smear campaign that other wonder say oh no that's not the wonder i want to destroy that hex so you know how, like if you start building the pyramids really? in that in that oh. city you must build it there okay, okay, you can't okay, then okay, suddenly okay. go over to this other city and and build it there there's no way to cancel it the only way to cancel it is i believe you're you have to let someone conquer your city and then give it back to you and anytime that that's the solution it tells me well it means it can happen so just give me the option, please. Um, don't don't make me go through these uh, these hoops. I don't even care if it's a project and it costs me a bunch of production. Okay, if that's what they did to to dismantle it uh, and like and but if you did that and this isn't unheard of moving buildings. Okay, it's not unheard of. We we do that. We the London Bridge, right? Like that's what London Bridge is falling down. That's what it's about. They they shipped it, I believe, to the states. Um, so that would be my big one. I'd want them to change that. Something I want them to modify, make more fun, is espionage. Uh, Civ 4 yes. had great espionage. I think Civ 6, it's too limited. Maybe they're scared. I don't know why uh, they swallowed that fly. But Civ 4 espionage is pretty broken. Like <laughs> It was. It was an entire different game. And I think that's maybe what they're scared of. They don't want it to turn into you know espionage six instead of civ six because it, it got pretty crazy the one thing that's different between the civ four era and the civ six era is there's actually like a pretty robust online gaming community that like plays competitive to test right? everything yeah. when you play against computers you can make the game as broken as you want because you never really play against other humans right or right. at least competitively right. um to, to play on that my mechanic that um, I agree with Moy. I don't really like how the loyalty mechanic is operating. I want them to kind of tweak that. I, I understand the idea behind it, but it does make it like sometimes you just get boxed in very easily just by someone well-placing cities and then suddenly you're screwed um, and, and they're not even like doing it right. They're just doing it so they can box you in and be annoying. Um, and loyalty really like a, a, a plus one city like shouldn't really put that much loyalty pressure on people, right? Like, and so I think that should be amended. One thing I want tweaked and it's just my own kind of little pet peeve about it is 
how governments and economic systems operate. I want it to kind of be a little bit flushed out more. Um, too many times, like certain th- government types are connected too often to like economic policies. Like for example, like you can be a monarchy and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be mercantile capitalism or anything like that. You can be like anything, right? And same thing with democracy and and, and things like that. So um, I kind of want them to flush out to make the economic policies a little bit more separate um, and not as connected to like the government that you have um, because they can be very separate from that. So I like to see more ability. Do you mean do you mean like more like unique civic cards, like where only communism can take this one? Don't they already have that? Isn't that kind of like, like that? But what I would like is one, I'd like corporations to come back. That would be cool. Um, so I'd like corporations to come back kind of like a religion, right? Um, and I'd like there to be um, kind of like a, like a, instead of just a world Congress to be kind of like a world stock market that could change what things are worth. Because now like, it's kind of like broken in the sense when you play the computer where the computer just like buys like diplomatic favor from you, which I don't know how that's a thing you can buy. Like, I don't like... I get that it's like kind of like that, but like, how do you sell that? Like, I don't get that how that's actually a commodity that's sold, right? Like, I still <laughs> just got to make truth. a phone call. I don't get the concept, <laughs> and so, um, you know that that's one thing, right? And so, I, I'd like it to be uh, the economics of the world to be a little bit more intertwined and uh, and have certain economic policies by other civs put the thumb on the scales for what other people have to do um, um, when it comes to that. So not just having trade routes, but actually having like um, uh, kind of a way monetary and, policy. And like, I, and here's right? one like, thing like, that happens, right? If anyone remembers a yeah. game called rise of nations, I so do rise of nations was kind of like empire uh, age of empires. Um, but you can use gold and buy other resources, right? So if something took food or wood or stone to build, you can buy it. But the more you bought it, shot up its price and so you couldn't just like endlessly buy something it would actually like manipulate how much other players can buy it as well right and so i think that would be kind of like a really cool concept like when someone's trading certain commodities across civilizations it may change like what it's worth or its price i don't know how that mechanic would work it's really i I, I granted it's complicated but I super agree, though. I super agree. Uh, And that would be really neat. Like, because economies are intertwined, right? And if one economy does go into like a a recession or whatever, really, that can affect all sorts of stuff. Uh, That would be a neat, a neat mechanic. I I 100% agree. Mm, That's, that's a good one, Nystagmus. So that is all the time that we do have for today. I'm, I'm sorry there, though. I'm sorry. But if you want to, you definitely should follow us on social media, specifically on Twitter. We post a lot of good memes on there. We post a lot of good updates and we post a lot of good stuff. So follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at The Civ Show or Twitter.com slash The Civ Show. You know, arguably, my Twitter is impressive and all with its, you know, 150 characters, 250 characters. But wouldn't you rather go to a social media channel where you get to meet all those characters? I know that's where I prefer to go. And you should, too, come to our Discord chat. Our Discord channel is filled with a bunch of awesome, awesome Civ players. We talk about all sorts of stuff, but mostly Civ. Uh, We have some, I happen to know some of the finest pet picks in all of the Twitch kingdom uh, with with so many adorable animals on there. So join us on our Discord. Stay connected to us directly. Uh, and uh, we hope to see you there. 
And lastly, and if you don't want to, uh, if you miss the show, if you're not able to see it, but we do have other content that you can enjoy offline um, on our YouTube channel. Um, I do a series called Better Know a Leader. I've so far done Sir Wilfred Laurier, Robert the Bruce, Coupe the Maori, and I've recently done Basil the Second. Um, the next one is going to be Suleiman of the M- Ottoman Empire coming up within the next week or two. Um, uh, Zoe also does his series called Raising Reviews. Hey, it's still there. I'll one is one still soon. the start, I'll right? Do, and do uh, Moy also does his own videos as well. That's kind of more uh, miscellaneous of, uh, of uh, topical uh, things that's going on in the civilization community. And so definitely check out all those different videos. If there's uh, something that you like, we definitely have something that you will like if uh, one of the series that we do. So check it out. And we have a new series title pending, but it's Civ 6 from different perspectives. We're all playing the exact same map, the exact same map, see the exact same settings. But how do I play versus how does Zoe play? What happened? What's what is, what's the difference in our gameplays? Who actually wins in the exact same scenario? That's where you'll find out in Civ 6 from different perspectives on that. And that'll be on YouTube very soon. TM. That's all the time we have for today. We will see you guys on Sunday where we're going to be featuring Bose Theseus as a we special guest. We didn't see who the who who's going to whose team he's going to be on. You want, you want, can do we quickly right do that do right, right now? now? Okay, we'll do a D6 roll. That's how we're going to turn. Uh, so the game mode is going to be, it's going to be another random. I love the random. I thought random was fun. So we're going to do another team random this time. Mix it up a bit. I'm going to roll this D6, okay? And uh, Bose, you're going to be with uh, the number that we roll here. So I'm going to say, uh, Moy, you're going to be uh, one, two. Are you you're this way? This way. You're going to be one, two. I will be three four. Nystagmus, you'll be five six. So whatever we roll, that's the team that uh, that Bose is going to be on, faced off against the other two. So uh, let's let's uh, see special effects. Here we go. <laughs> ah, that's a four. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be Bose and Enzo. Oh, we no. are going <laughs> to bring the house down. We need a special effect boy where where the house comes down. Uh, that's yeah, like, get out of here. <laughs> Come on, how hard can it be? Bring your uh, own house down. It's special uh, effects, huh? Yeah, well, 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 a couple rocks, like maybe a feather. Okay, uh, so it'll be a team random game. We'll uh, announce it further in the in the Discord, the details. But more or less, li- like last week with the magnificent uh, Van Bradley. But it'll be a team game. Uh, me and Bose versus uh, Moy and Nystagmus. I like that. You guys should be friends. You guys have we're been rival, be, gonna, the gonna, rivals gonna, last gonna, few gonna, games. We're going to do it, man. We're going to beat yeah. you. <laughs> you're not going to know what's going to hit you, man. You're gonna not going to know. It's going to be good. And my, my third attempt to sabotage succeeded. Go ahead, boy. You can end the show. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys on Sunday with special guest Bostheseus for our random everything part two, but 2v2 instead of a four-player free-for-all. We'll see you guys then. Good night. Bye. Bye.